Yeah, good morning, Equipers Essex. Great to be here. You look amazing. You can you can take your seats now. Yeah, you look great. Give me a smile. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's an honor for me. I'm so glad to be here, and it's an honor. I don't want to take it lightly. There is a big challenge for me about being here, especially because of the language. Maybe you you are not that used to listen to some Brazilian accent. Uh, or maybe you are, but yeah, if you are or you're not, it doesn't matter. So now we have to, to do this. <laughs> but yeah, it's an honor for me. And um, yeah, as Pastor Barry said, uh, I've got some friends with me, the Brazilian Jesus. He, he usually works as a statue in Rio, so you can see some pictures. <laughs> the place is empty there. Yeah, there is a good reason. Yeah, he's at Equippers now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to thank Pastor Barry and Sarah for uh, having us here. And, I, you know, let me tell you something uh, just in this introduction because I believe in, in divine connections. And when I met Pastor Barry in New Zealand at that time, I just felt something different. Uh, maybe you guys don't know that, but he, he feels like Brazilian. Like, you know, there is a connection here, you know. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're here just to serve each other, you know, to encourage people. And uh, I'm sure you guys, you know, have also some good expectations about what, what God is doing in Brazil right now. God is doing great things there. Um, and uh, it's just a privilege to be here and see what God is doing here. And, and through the leadership of Pastor Bear and Sarah. Um, I'm saying that I'm feeling like, you know, I'm in Brazil because yesterday, uh, for some reasons, right? Because yesterday we had... Uh, dinner together and uh, there was a lot of food okay that was the first sign second they love hugging people second sign yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they were hugging people in the streets so I was like that was a really good sign <laughs> and then during the dinner time we took a photo that's a really Brazilian thing we love taking photos <laughs> yeah yeah it was, you know Sometimes you take photos and we, we just ask, what is that for? I don't know. Let's just take a photo. Yeah, yeah. We, we do this. <laughs> yeah. But let me just show a little bit about my family. I want to introduce you guys uh, to my family. That's yeah, Esther, my wife. We've been married 13 years now. Yeah, and we've got, here's the little Zion. He's two years and eight months old. And Oliver, yeah, on your right. Uh, they are amazing. Yeah, Esther is pretty much telling me that you're doing great there. She just told me, when you come back, I want two days off. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but they, they are amazing, and I'm so blessed uh, to have this family. I didn't deserve that. It's just by grace. And uh, uh, it's just a reflection of what, of what Jesus did in my life, you know, more than 10 years ago. When I had a, this encounter with Jesus and his promises were just flowing in every area of my life, including, including my family. I'm just saying that because maybe you're believing for your family. I just want to encourage you that uh, Jesus is for your family and, and he's got good plans. So you can, you can create expectations, you can keep praying, keep believing. Yeah. Uh, now I just want to invite you guys to, to pray because... Um, uh, I believe we are doing this together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, and I'm doing my best here, and I want you guys to do your best there. But something that we, 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 we have to do is to, and I, I always believe that, we have to honor the presence of Jesus in this place. Every time you honor Jesus, 
something happens. It's really interesting because when you read the Gospels, you can see some people that had some encounters with Jesus. They met Jesus. They, they honored him and something happened. But at the same time, some people met the same Jesus, <laughs> but they didn't honor him and nothing happened. So I believe that if you know, just for maybe 10 or 15 seconds, if you can close your eyes and just ask God to speak into your heart and you can say in his presence, I honor your word. I honor your presence. I want to receive something from you. God, we pray right now and we declare that we honor your presence. We love you and we honor your word. So my, my prayer and our prayer here is to bring transformation, God, to change people's lives. If, one, if anyone got here depressed, we speak life, God. We speak, if anyone got here lost, now we declare that they are found by your word, God. And we, we, we just pray and believe that you're going to move in Jesus' name. And if you believe, you can say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, the title of the message, I love message titles. And I don't know if you like that, but every time I take my notes, if the preacher doesn't give me a title, I start getting nervous. Like, what is that about? What is that about? I want to know, yeah. But the title is about listen, follow, and do what God has for your life. So if you're taking notes, you can just write, it, write that down. Listen, follow, and do. And what I want to share with you this morning is pretty much about some principles, like some foundation on how to operate in the kingdom of God. You just saw a picture of my family <laughs> and, and it's really interesting because family is in an environment where God teaches us so many things. Isn't that true? Yeah. In your family you are there with your husband, your wife and then God starts teaching you something sometimes in a really crazy way. Yeah, especially you know between spouses like you know that. Uh, but with, with our kids God teaches us a lot of things and, and, and it's I was, I was just thinking about Oliver a couple of weeks ago because Oliver just started walking. Yeah, and, and, and he was, he's doing really well. I'm, I'm always proud, you know, <laughs> of him. He, he just keeps three steps. And, wow, oh my gosh, look at this kid. You know, maybe it's supernatural or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let me tell you something interesting about Oliver or any other, you know, children. They have the... As human beings, we have the potential to walk. We were created to walk. But at the same time, it's part of our nature, but at the same time, we have to develop that. And it takes a lot of energy when you see, you know, one-year-old one year kid trying to, you know, give his or her first steps. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of effort, a lot of, you know, and, and they're just trying and trying. It's their potential. They were born for that, but they have to develop. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing is when we start speaking. Oliver started speaking a couple of months ago. And he has the potential to speak. But he has to try it. And sometimes he makes mistakes. Sometimes he speaks and, you know, we, we don't understand. Or sometimes just the parents understand, you know. And, and sometimes it's really interesting because, you know, when... When your children start to speak, so you want to show everyone, especially because I'm teaching them English, so I'm 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 kind of raising them bilingual. That's yeah, that's 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 a a, a, a big you know move for me because <laughs> my English is not that perfect, but can, they can fix that later. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, because I, I'm because I'm preparing them for ministry, and I'm preparing them for connections. Yeah, and I just want them to get ready. 
and it's really interesting because sometimes I I just call them hey Zion come here speak now yeah just tell people some words in English and, and he's quiet <laughs> you know every time you want to show something they get quiet like oh they don't move like huh, no I'm not gonna do this <laughs> yeah. but it takes a lot of energy to speak it takes a lot of you know thinking and, and, and trying and it's the same thing with you how many of you are Christians here how many of you are born again yeah so if you are born again it's part of your nature you're born for that to walk in faith but it doesn't mean that it's going to happen automatically it's going to take some energy you have to learn how to do that you have to that's that's what you have to do the same thing with language you're created to declare the word of God but you have to learn how to do that you have to take risks sometimes you're going to make mistakes sometimes you're going to you know maybe not speak that correctly but you have to start and in the end your father is still proud of you even when you are not doing that you know 100% right he's still looking at you and saying look look what he can do yeah I'm teaching him or I'm teaching her and, and this is really powerful so you're born again but you have to learn how to walk you're born again but you have to learn how to speak in the end you were born again but you have to learn how to operate in the kingdom of God and I want to share three things that will pretty much help you to operate in this new nature in this in this kingdom and if you are that anxious person that you want to know everything that the preacher is gonna say in advance I'm gonna tell you the three the three things just you know anything else and then you you write it down and then you can you can be there fine like okay I'm the anxious person I need to know I need to know okay so the first thing you can write it down and then we're gonna talk about them the first thing is that you have to embrace God's voice the second thing is you have to embrace God's processes there is a process of development in your in your life and you have to embrace that third thing you have to embrace God's calling for your life and you have to learn how to do that Let, I'm, I'm going to invite you to read Isaiah chapter 5 55 sorry 55 and it's probably going to come up on the screen right yeah and uh, Isaiah 55 says for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts and verse 10 says something really important as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sour and bread for the eater so my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it this is a really powerful uh, passage and I want just to highlight some things here first thing you just read that there is a huge gap between the in between the way you think and the way that God thinks there is a huge gap and you know that our plans are not that good you know sometimes you plan things out they don't work yeah are you like that um, yeah most of the time my plans don't really work 
Yeah. My ideas are not that good. Sometimes I share my ideas with friends. Like I just had a great idea. And then I share that and they have their reaction. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But there is a huge gap. But God has amazing ways and amazing ideas. Amazing plans for my life that I have pretty much no idea if I don't access them. But there is this huge gap. But listen to the, what the Word of God says. He still sends, sends His Word to us. And the Bible says that His Word is pretty much like rain or snow. So God, God has a different mind, but He's really interested in each one of us. And He sends His Word to help us. And the Bible says that it will never return, it will never return void. There is a promise on that. So the first thing that I want to share with you is embrace God's voice. And this is interesting because we just learned that the Word of God is powerful. It never returns void. But sometimes the Word of God in your life is going to be like rain. And what does the rain do? It comes upon your life. It comes, you know, it, it, it kind of waters the potential in your life. And then you, things start flourishing. And it's fast, it's quick, it's like rain, like in the summer. Uh, maybe you guys don't have too much rain in the summer here, but in Brazil we've got a lot of rain during summertime. And you just see the result. The grass is greener. Just after a couple of hours, you know, after the rain, like, wow, something is happening. But sometimes it's going to be like snow. It's going to stay there for a while, for a season. And maybe that word that you received from God is going to stay over your life. And you don't really understand that. Because you think, well, that, nothing is happening. Nothing is moving. But after, you know, when the season changes, when you get into a new season in your life, that snow is able to be absorbed by the earth. It's, it's going to be absorbed by your heart. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. yeah, with my simple English here, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. What I want to say is that it can take a while in your life. It can take a season. It can take more than you originally expected for God to move. Sometimes it's going to be like rain, but sometimes it's going to be like snow. But let me encourage you about God's voice. You're going to have some results. It never returns void. It never returns void. What I want to say is that there is a potential in you. But it can only be activated by the word of God. And if you have a word. How many of you have a prophetic word? Yeah? Just, just five people? Come on. You just read the Bible. You're going to find some if you don't have it. <laughs> but there is a prophetic word for each one of us. Because God has a collective plan. But. A collective purpose, but he's also an individual God. Yes. And it can take a while, but it's going to happen. Yes. By the way, I'm preaching in my second language, English. But I remember in 2006 when I couldn't speak any English. And this American pastor came to my local church in Brazil. And he prophesied over me and he said, you're going to teach my word in English. Wow. And I was, okay. And I couldn't even under understand him because he had a translator. <laughs> wow. 
And then what did I do? I started getting ready. From that day, I enrolled myself in an English course because I knew that God would wanted to use me in this language. It could take a while. Actually, it took 12 years to happen. But when the, cha the season changed, something happened and I was ready. But when we talk about the, the voice of God, the Word of God, here's something really, really important. God is not a communicator. Listen to me. Sometimes we approach God as a communicator, but God is not a communicator. God is a creator and it's completely different. Sometimes we approach God as, oh, that's a really beautiful idea. Wow. That. And some people even approach the Bible like, wow, beautiful philosophy. Like, that's uh, amazing. But every time that God speaks through his word, through a prophetic word, maybe supernaturally in your heart, God is not communicating you things. The newspaper do that. God is creating a future for you. God is creating something in your future and you must get ready. Some of you have probably some prophetic words about going to different countries. My question is, are you preparing yourself for that? Because it already exists. It's going to happen. You have to prepare yourself. Some of you are called to ministry. But you're waiting for your pastor to tell you something. But if you have a prophetic word, get ready. Start studying. Start connecting. Start believing. Start praying. It can take maybe 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. Some people are crying now. <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> but it will happen. How many here believe that when God speaks something comes to reality? How many have a prophetic word? Yeah. It's going to happen. Simple like that. And we have to approach God in the right way. Second thing, embrace God's processes. Oh, that's hard. Because when we listen to, the, to God's voice, we just, we just get excited. Come on, God spoke. I've got a word. And there is a, a destiny for me. There is something prepared for my life. And then God tells you something. Okay, but you need to get ready. And I'll, I'm going to prepare you through the process. It's like there is something waiting for you. There is a promised land. But you're going to walk. <laughs> you're going to walk. Because it's not only about getting there. But it's important who is going to get there. What is the version of you that is going to get there? Because we, we, I think we all agree that sometimes we cannot receive certain things because we are not mature enough. We need a process. I, li I like the saying that says that God doesn't hide things from us, but He hides things to us. There is, a sign, uh, there, is a, there, there is a time of preparation, time where we just, we just need to mature. We need to experience certain things. And, and here's something that God is really speaking into my heart in, into my heart in the last years, especially in the last five years. The last five years have been the most challenging years in my life in terms of ministry. Because uh, I was not expecting, you know, to plant a church in Rio. Well, in 2017, when I met Pastor Barry, I, I, my wife and I, we, we sold out everything we had. Car, apartment, I left my job. I used to work for a bank. And uh, Esther left her job. And we are just open. We just... We just 
heard from God and we are just like, we, we are open. We are open. And then God moved us to Rio de Janeiro. I never thought about even visiting Rio, <laughs> even though I'm from Brazil, but I'm from south of Brazil. I'm not originally from Rio. And what I, what I had no idea is that it was all about God's processes in our lives. And sometimes, listen to this, sometimes we think we need a miracle, but what we actually need is a process. Sometimes I pray for miracles. I do pray for miracles. I believe in miracles. And I want God to move supernaturally. But I just felt the Holy Spirit teaching me in the last years. You don't need a miracle. You need a process. Why? Because miracles, they change the circumstances in your life. But the process changes you. <laughs> and you need time. Yeah. God can speed up certain things you know some things with a miracle but sometimes you need to just experience some you know hard years in your life to learn how to trust God and I just want to encourage you maybe you are in a difficult situation maybe you have a word of God but you are just you know going through the process at this moment but God is using all your trials life challenges to build something significant significant in you and in the last month, I was praying, <laughs> and uh, I was just praying, and I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, asking me, actually, do you, me? do you trust me? Do you trust me with your family? Do you trust me with your finances? Do you trust me with your ministry? Do you trust me? And I felt the Holy Spirit is speaking into my heart, saying that it's impossible to worship someone that you don't trust. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, how do you say in English? The Holy Spirit slaps your face. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's right, but you got it. Yeah, maybe you experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you really want to experience a shift in, in your devotional life, in your worship moments, you got to start trusting God with everything you have. And I told you know, I told my wife about this and she said, ah, that makes sense. Maybe you are just sometimes failing to worship because you're not trusting. And, and I, just, I just feel, you know, through all our conference and, and, and being in an environment like this that I can trust God. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know I, I've got, I've got a, a notebook where I write down every prophetic word that I, I receive. And um, I, I don't record it. Uh, well, I record it sometimes, but after that, I write it down. I know who told me that. I know when. I know where. And I write it down. And when I look at those pages, like pages and pages of promises and, and, and prophetic words, I don't know about you, but I usually forget my prophetic words. And, I, and we, we, we have this tendency of uh, twisting them sometimes because it's not working. And they think, no, it's not, it's not going to work 100%, maybe 50 but when I visit those pages, I can see that I can trust God year after year. I can, you know, I cannot tell anything about God like that he's not doing it right. When I look at that, those pages, I just feel like I can trust him. I could trust him 10 years ago. I can trust him now. And sometimes our heart gets wrong and then we think, can I trust God in 10 years time? Yes, we can. Because when we look at the, the historical background, yeah. 
the record so we can see like, okay, God is moving and he's going to keep moving. First thing that we talked was about um, embrace God's voice. Second thing about embrace God's processes. And third thing is about embrace God's calling. Your calling starts with the word of God. And you have to understand that. You're called by God to make the difference. And, and that's really interesting because, you know, it, it takes just maybe uh, a couple of minutes in the presence of God, in the real presence of God, to, to understand that we're not, we're not going to make the difference uh, through our natural gifts. Yeah. Right? Or because maybe you're talented or you're intelligent or you're beautiful. Some of you are beautiful. Some of you are not. But God... <laughs> God can use you too. <laughs> God can use everything and all things. <laughs> but oh, sorry if you if you're not a beautiful one. But <laughs> okay, it's not personal. I don't know your name or anything. You know, it's just. But you look great at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not about our gifts. It's all about the Word of God. And I just have this confidence that I've got a word. You've got a word. And let me tell you this. I really believe in this. The word of God changed my life. And it was not my idea when I thought about ministry. In fact, I, you know, Esther and I, just before getting married, we thought we're not, we will never do this pastor thing, like this ministry thing. Like, we were young. We came from this, you know, Christian background. And we knew that being a pastor would be really hard. And it was not that hard to agree with her. And she, agree, and she was agreeing with me. Like, okay, this ministry thing is not for us. Yeah, okay. Maybe we can help in the church. But not too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to make money. We're going to travel. And I had no idea that I had a word of God. And my heart changed. Not only about ministry, but... It changed completely. And you, in the end, you don't need great ideas if you want to do what God called you to do. As I said in the beginning, like, my ideas are not that good. Sometimes we, we, we put on our trust in our own strategies. Some of you guys are called to business. And you're thinking, oh, I've got a great strategy. No, you need a word of God. God can use your good strategy, but you need a word of God. And... God can use all your great ideas, I know that, yeah, your activity, but in the end, the foundation is going to be the word. And there is something interesting when God speaks to us, because I would say, at least reading my Bible and talking to my friends, that I would say that most of us, or maybe all of us, feel insecure when God calls us to do something. And there is this guy in the Bible called Moses we're not going to read the Bible now, but you can find his, his story in the book of Exodus. And Moses, in, in, in a certain moment of his life, God, God calls him. And he's really insecure. He's pretty much saying, I don't know how to speak. Uh, I'm not that good leader. I am insecure. He was born in Egypt and God was calling him to go back to Egypt to, to free God's people there. When he was in Egypt, in Egypt, he was pretty confident. He was like, I can do this. But when God finds him in the desert, when he, 
He was like pretty much escaping and hiding from his past. He's insecure. And God asks him something really important. God asks him, what is in your hand right now? And he looks at his hand and he just says, oh, well, I've got a staff here. I've got this wood stick in my hand. And you know this story. Most of you know this story. When God tells him to put it on the ground. And when he put, puts that on the ground, it comes alive. And something starts to happen. It was a simple thing. It was just pretty much everything that he had. He, he was not a political leader. He was not, you know, he was a shepherd. And what do you have in your hands? Oh, I've got this. Okay, I'm going to use this. And my question to you is, if you want to do something for God, what is in your hand? And maybe you think, oh, I don't have money or I don't have resources or I don't have, you know, a good education background or I don't have this or I don't have that. But you always have something in your hand. Yeah. And maybe something that is in your hand is at your home. Sometimes it's just a couple of eggs, a fry pan, a table. That's what you have in your hands, but you can, you can invite your children to sit at the table and you can connect with them. Maybe your eggs are not that good, but God is going to use them anyway. <laughs> Maybe it's your resources. Maybe it's a job position. Whatever, you know that. But I, I, I just want to encourage you to use that. To put that before God and see that thing comes alive. And maybe you think it doesn't make sense. But it can be a call to someone. It can be a prayer meeting that you can start at your place and just invite some friends and see what happens. Let's pray and then you invite three or four friends. Maybe you're young and then oh, let's pray. And then you, you don't even know how to pray, but you just invite them. And then you start praying and something starts happening. But you have something. Don't lie to yourself. Let me be a little bit rude now. But don't lie to yourself. Like I don't have anything. Like, uh, I need more. No, you have it. You have it. You can listen and you can do what God called you to do. You can listen, you can do. I think the worship team can can just come up and we, we talked about these three things this morning about embracing God's voice embracing God's process embrace God's calling I don't know what you need right now maybe you're here for the first time and you never heard about the word of God but I have to tell you that God's plan and purposes for your life they are amazing you have no idea Maybe you cannot even imagine it because God's ways and God's thoughts are much higher than yours. But he's sending his word this morning to your life. And you can, you can receive that. Maybe you just need a process. Maybe you're really excited about what God is going to do. But you, you, you just don't know how to wait and to embrace the process. And to embrace sometimes the frustration, the pain. And the, and, the, and the moments in our lives that sometimes we, we don't understand. We just came from this, this terrible season, I would call that, the last two years where people lost, you know, some, some people in their families. And sometimes we ask God, why is that? 
and we don't have the answers. And, and during the process, we just experience that. But don't escape. <laughs> Embrace it. Keep trusting God. In a moment or two, we're going to be worshiping God. And you have to come in the presence of God and just say, I trust you. I don't understand everything, but I trust you. I don't have all the answers, but I trust you. I trust you. Or maybe you have a calling in your life. You, you, and you're thinking, ah, I'm going to wait. No, it started now. It started now. But I don't have too much. It started now. You can do a lot just doing simple things. In fact, I invited the Brazilian Jesus to be with me <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, early May. It was in early May. I invited a group of friends. I had four days off in the church. We are in a transition moment there. I had the weekend off and I thought, okay, what am I going to do? Maybe I can go to a hotel and relax. No, no, no. Let's do something different. I invited a group of friends, all the leaders and people that are involved in ministry to walk with me 80 kilometers. <laughs> it was a crazy idea, but 80 kilometers from city to city in places that we didn't know, we hadn't been before, just praying over people for deliverance, for freedom, for healing. People that we didn't know. And you know how awkward it is when you approach someone in the street and you say, can I pray for you? Person, oh, okay, yeah, you can. Or maybe no, okay. And you pray anyway. <laughs> but, but, you know, sometimes we think we need too much. We need a lot of structure. But what about if you invite a group of friends to challenge one another to go higher in God? And just do. Take risks. When we sold out everything we had around five years ago, we were taking big risks in our lives. But if I could do that again, I would do that again. Because, you know, a life with Jesus must be radical. You cannot have, you cannot follow Jesus, you know, as you do other things. Jesus is going to put you in certain situations that you're going to just think, that's crazy. I wouldn't do that. But, yeah, following Jesus is, is fun. Yeah, it's radical. It's, and you can start it now. And before we pray, you can stand up now, but yeah, you can get up on your feet. And uh, before you pray, we pray, I just want to encourage you to believe in Jesus in the right way. Let me explain this to you. Listen to me. This is really important. The way you believe in Jesus will define what you get from him for some people maybe your friends or maybe yourself here Jesus is just a wise man oh yeah Jesus was great wise man what do you get from a wise man wisdom that's it oh yeah he was really wise just wisdom no more than wisdom for some people, Jesus was just this Jewish rabbi. 
And what do you get from a Jewish rabbi? A good lesson for your life. Not more than that. A good lesson. They're really intelligent. They have amazing illustrations. But not more than that. For some people, Jesus was a philosopher. And you, if you believe that Jesus was a philosopher, you get philosophy. Beautiful philosophy. But maybe for some of your friends, he was just uh, this religious leader. And what do you get from the religious leader? A religious system. And for some, he was a social revolutionary. And some people approach Jesus as a social revolutionary. What do they get? Social revolution. We're going to change the world by our social programs. Jesus established a social now. No. But if you see and approach Jesus and believe in him as the son of God, everything changes. The game changes. <laughs> and this is the way that I one day started believing in Jesus as the son of God. And if you see Jesus and believe in him as the Son of God, you're going to experience salvation, transformation, new life, power, healing, wisdom, calling, purpose, eternity, relationship with God. You can have all the rest. But you need to believe in Him in the right way. <laughs>